We have another important meeting of, coming up tomorrow night in Springfield that will offer information about the process that could ultimately lead to uh, the scene of the 1908 race riots in Springfield being declared a national park unit. There is a special resource study, that's the terminology, that is underway, and this uh, public meeting tomorrow night will offer more details about the process and where it could eventually lead. To tell us more about the meeting and about the process, we're joined now by Toki Bob. Oswell, the Associate Regional Director for Facilities, Planning, and Infrastructure with the National Park Service. Toki, thank you so much for taking the time with us this afternoon. We appreciate it. Hello, Jim. Thanks for inviting me, and happy to talk to your listeners about what the National Park Service has going on in Springfield. This is a really important chapter in our history, obviously. And um, so I, I think maybe the best place to start would be to have you explain what is meant by uh, the designation as a National Park unit. What would that mean in terms of our ability to publicly uh, commemorate and recognize and memorialize the events of 1908? Absolutely. You know, many of the listeners may be familiar with our National Park Service sites across the country. There are over 400 of them out there. But often we think of large natural natural areas like Yosemite or Yellowstone, places like that. We also have sites uh, in urban areas and in small towns that celebrate all kinds of American history, not just the natural world. So in this case, we found the remains of homes that were burned in the 1908 race riot. They're still here. You can still learn a lot from them. It could still be a site that teaches a lot of Americans about the history of racial violence and how cities have worked to overcome that and to open it up. Uh, we'd, we'd like the opportunity to discuss that more with people of Springfield and see what they think about that idea. You know, we're obviously familiar with the, the notion of a, of a national park presence right in the middle of the city because just a few blocks from this location is the Lincoln Home uh, National Historic Site operated by the National Park Service. And, uh, and, and so uh, this is not anything new to Springfield, but this is a little bit unique in as much as these remnants were uncovered during an ongoing railroad project that is big and will have huge amounts of rail traffic coming through on this corridor every day. So how do you balance that, the, uh, the the modernization, the ongoing construction, the eventual consolidation of all of our rail traffic into this area while still preserving the history and making it a meaningful experience for visitors? I know that the rail project has been a topic of conversations for the people of Springfield, and there's lots of opinions about how that's working out. Um, one of the good things that did come about from that is just this uncovering of this chapter of history. So that's a cool thing that's resulted we're lucky in that Springfield has a lot of visitor infrastructure in place with all the Lincoln-related sites. We know that lots of people come from out of town and visit Lincoln Home, uh, the National Historic Site, the library, and all the other downtown institutions. So we wouldn't have to do as much at this site, perhaps, as we do in other places because we're right here in the city. We think that there could be a potential for really meaningful visitor involvement, whether that's at a memorial that's located on the site whether that's visiting the archaeological remains that are under the care of the state, um, state museum or some other way. And that's one of the questions we want to ask the public here this month during their online comment period and at the meeting is, how should this site work? What would make sense? What would be meaningful to you to learn about this story?
I know you're still pretty early in this process, and there are multiple steps to the process of ultimately determining that a national park uh, designation of some sort would be appropriate here. Can you kind of walk us through what happens after this meeting, after you start compiling this public input? Where does it go from here? How long does it take to ultimately come to a decision? Happy to do that. Um, our National Park Service historians and researchers have already started some compiling some information with help from the city, the NAACP, the African American History Museum, and many more. Um, what we'll do now is compile some of the local feelings and opinions and stories from residents of Illinois and people who might have personal connections. And then ultimately, we'll write a report that will be sent by the Secretary of the Interior to Congress that says, this is what we found. This is how the site compares to the criteria that are established for all national parks. Here's how we think the site could work. Here's what people had to say about it. Here's how the partners support it or don't. Here's how the neighbors support it or don't. And, and ultimately, it'll be Congress or the president who will make that decision of whether a national park unit should be created. I know there are many criteria, as you noted, uh, that go into this decision, and it certainly seems like some of these are self-evident. The historical significance of this event in Springfield's history, but also in the broader national history of race relations. Uh, And as you noted, we do have an infrastructure in Springfield for visitors, for lovers of history, etc. Are there any big red flags that are evident at this point that could argue against this or could make it uh, too complicated or difficult a process to uh, to make a, a national park unit out of the remnants of the of the race riots. I wouldn't say we've seen any red flags yet. I definitely have a couple of questions that we want to continue to work through. So there are lots of partners in the area. Uh, your listeners may be aware that uh, St. John's Hospital um, was the original site of where these. Uh, archaeological remains were located. It was in their parking lot. They've donated some of this area to the city for use in, in the future if it was designated as a site. But it's still pretty tight site given the railroad line expansion, the underpass that'll be constructed there on Madison. Uh, and so some of the questions we have to work through are, well, then how do people get there? And how long do they stay? And what other services do they need to be provided if they're there? If we need to have bathrooms and parking real close by, we might need to do, build a little bit more than if there are other opportunities nearby, if we want to have a gift shop or if we want to have a longer um, interpretive message or if we want to have a place where we could have school groups, well, we'd need more space than what's immediately apparent. So that's something we'd have to think about. No red flags, just a few questions to, to work through, and maybe some of the public comments that we get can help us figure out where to, where to go. Are there comparable situations that, that you're aware of that offer some direction or guidance on that when you have uh, historical artifacts that are unearthed, but not in a necessarily a convenient location because of the proximity to the railroad tracks or because there isn't a lot of available space for those amenities you talked about? Has this been done in other places, and, and how have they worked around that? We have been able to figure that out in the National Park Service in a couple of instances. So I'll give two short examples. There was a, a woolly mammoth site discovered in Waco, Texas, right in town, in the middle of town, in the middle of the, the campus and the government area there. Um, it was designated as a, as a site, but it's a pretty small footprint, and we work with our partners to, to help us manage that. There is a, a very comparable site called the African Burial Grounds in New York City, uh, where during construction on a government building, there was discovered this graveyard that was previously unknown, where it's a small site. But again, we work with the partners and the building owners and the, the neighboring businesses to provide all the good interpretation we can and give people something of an experience. Here, I think we have great partners uh, who are willing to work with us on that. 
and we've got the artifacts at the State Museum. We've got some great displays at the African American History Museum right now. So let's just see what we can make work. We'd like some opinions on that. And is it something where it, it necessarily has to be at this location? I mean, obviously, this is the, the site of where these remnants were found, where these homes were originally located that were destroyed in the violence of 1908. But, but is there precedent for, uh, say, simply just moving, relocating, reconstructing in, in another location that perhaps is more conducive to a better visitor experience? I suppose anything is possible. Um, one of the best things about the National Park Service, though, is that we try our very best to preserve the things where the events actually happened and the actual artifacts that were there. And so that would be meaningful and in keeping with the rest of our uh, system of sites. We know that this is the place where the real thing happened. Also, we have a partner here in the NAACP who has said that this is really the site where their organization was formed, in essence, because these events led to the creation of that entity, and that changed race relations in America for the for the course of the future. The NAACP has said uh, that they believe that this is a great site for memorial. They've got some preliminary designs, and they'd like to see it go here. So we're including that and taking feedback on that as well. We're talking with Toki Boswell with the National Park Service, uh, and I, I realize every situation is different, but is there a bare minimum in terms of the amount of space or the uh, ability to, to create public access to that space that you have to have to be able to move forward? I would say no bare minimum, and every situation is unique. Here we know that we already do have some access off of 9th and 11th. We've got Madison will have a pedestrian um, walkway when the uh, underpass is built. We're going to have the new uh, transportation center just a couple blocks to the south. So we, we think there are good possibilities there. We're working with our partners at the hospital and the city to explore what might be possible. And for the purposes of the study, what we need to be able to tell Congress is, can we work this out? Is this feasible? Could we get there? Uh, and so that's that's what we're trying to answer uh, this weekend as the study continues for this year. As we mentioned, there's going to be a public meeting on this subject tomorrow evening at the NAACP headquarters in Springfield. And, and Toki Boswell, who who do you want to hear from at this meeting? Uh, who is in a position to provide the kind of input that would be useful to this process? And uh, what information should people bring with them when they come? Everyone is invited. Let's make that clear up front. So this is a because it's a study for a national park unit, then uh, it belongs to all Americans and everyone who visits. So everyone's welcome to our public meeting to learn more about what we're doing. Um, in particular, we're, we're interested to hear, are, was the 1908 race riot in Springfield something that folks know, knew about and was it meaningful to their lives? Were there other sites that they heard about that may have been associated with this? Um, anybody who has an idea on how they feel this should study should be interpreted and, and whether or not uh, federal management is the, is the right solution for this. Um, we're, we're open to hearing a, a diversity of opinions. So I think just about anybody who has something to say is, is welcome to come out or to provide comments on our online forum, uh, which is also open through the month. Uh, so if you would, give us the details again on the meeting tomorrow night. And again, I know you've got a, a very thorough website that is set up with more information about this, about the entire process, and about uh, the ability to offer additional input. Can you direct people to both of those, please? Absolutely. So tomorrow night, Wednesday the 10th at 6 o'clock, uh, the NPS is hosting a, a public meeting. And that's at the NAACP offices. Those are located at 801 South 11th here in Springfield. 
Um, we are planning uh, for a large group, so we will make contingencies. So everyone come out, please. <laughs> we'll welcome you. We'll have presentations and uh, overviews from the NPS, the city, St. John's Hospital, and the NAACP. So I think there'll be a lot of information shared there. Our website, uh, where we will put more information as we develop it, and including the presentation that we're going to give tomorrow night, uh, can be found online at parkplanning.nps.gov slash Springfield SRS. So parkplanning.nps.gov slash Springfield SRS. And we have a, a link for that at WMAY.com as well. Just check for our stories on this uh, uh, meeting, and uh, you'll be able to find that link there. Toki Boswell with the Associate Regional Director for Facilities, Planning, and Infrastructure with the National Park Service. Thank you for the information, and please do keep us posted on this process as it unfolds.